Want to know why your interiors or images don't look like the ones you see on your favorite social media feeds? What if I said I could let you know and show you what's missing and how to transform your spaces with clarity and confidence? The truth is creating beautiful interiors is simple when you know the right strategies, but most people go about it the wrong way. This is why I created the Styling Masterclass. It's the only program that simplifies the art and science of styling, giving you the clarity and confidence to take your interiors to the next level and attract your dream customers or clients so you can make your creative dreams finally possible. This is for you if you're an interior designer or photographer, have an Airbnb, a homeware shop or e-commerce business, and you want your interiors to look like the ones you see in your favorite books, magazines or Instagram accounts. Come learn how to style using my signature method so you can elevate any interior and create compelling imagery, which is your most effective marketing tool if you're selling a product or service in the world of interiors. Any successful business owner knows that styling is your secret weapon to cut through the visual noise, stand out from the crowd and grow your business. Styling is something that you don't want to leave to chance. In today's world, images are everything. This is why leading interior designers and architects always use stylists to finesse their spaces for photography to make sure they've got incredible imagery that they can use for their socials and website. Come learn how to make styling not only an essential element, an easy way to create content for your socials and website, but learn how it can propel the growth of your creative business. If you're serious about creating beautiful interiors and a business you love without struggling in obscurity, this is the program for you. I'm going to share my process and give insights that you're not going to get anywhere else because I've been working as a professional interior stylist for the past 15 years. The Styling Masterclass will give you that clarity and confidence you need to take action and connect with your dream customer or client so you can make your creative dreams possible. Go to nataliewalton.com forward slash next level to learn more and enroll now. Enrollments are open for only a short time. So please, if you're interested and you're ready to take your interiors to the next level, go to nataliewalton.com forward slash next level. I'm Natalie Walton, and this is Imprint, a podcast about creating a home and life you love. Before we start today's episode, I just want to thank you so much for listening and for your beautiful messages via DM on Instagram, as well as emails about how much you're enjoying the podcast. It really does mean so much to me. Part of the reason that I created this podcast was to share the lessons I've learned over the course of my career and life in the hope that it can help you in some way, wherever you're at on your journey. Often these are lessons I wish someone had shared with me or that I'd learned sooner. So if you've enjoyed this podcast and if you haven't already, I would really appreciate if you could subscribe, rate and review wherever you're listening to it today, or perhaps share it with a friend. That's something that I often do when I find a podcast or an episode that I know will help or inspire someone I know with their journey. Okay, let's get on with today's episode. This week, I'm continuing to share more about my slow home journey. It's a question that I've been asked a lot in relation to the publication of my book, Still the Slow Home. 
while the book focuses on the stories of 20 people from around the world and how they have embraced the principles of slow living into their homes, I thought it might be helpful to share some of the ways we've embraced slow living in our own home and life. Last week, I shared three big ideas. These are some of the most powerful ones and ideas that we practice every day. And so much of it really is about practice. It's about developing a habit and a routine and being mindful of the choices we make every day. So they were consuming less, shopping and supporting local and reducing waste. If you haven't listened to that episode already, you might want to listen to it first. It's episode number nine. Today, I want to share some of the big lessons that I've learned from the book and incorporated into my own home and life. So number one was to consume less, and part of that was to buy secondhand. Two was to shop and support local, and three was to reduce waste. So today I'm going to start with number four, which is to eat more veggies. Because one of the big findings from the research was that to actually consume or have more of a vegetarian diet could have a significant impact on lowering our carbon footprint. And it made a lot of sense to me. I mean, I've never been a big meat eater, but it's certainly been an easy transition to incorporate this more into my life. One of the findings that I found out was that we eat twice as, twice as much meat today as we did 30 years ago. And obviously this has a huge impact on carbon emissions, water usage, not to mention the physical waste that it produces too. Because there's so much to consider. It's not just the methane gas released from cows, but the oil burned taking them to market, the electricity needed to keep the meat cool, the gas used to cook it, and the energy required to plow and harvest the fields to grow the crops that the animals will eat. Plus, of course, there's the packaging required for the food too, and issues such as deforestation, which has its own bag of problems. The research shows that a vegetarian diet requires two and a half times less the amount of land needed to grow food compared with a meat-based diet. And obviously, we, something that we can all do, we can all start to make small changes within our own home, grow some more veggies and a herb garden. Now, of course, I do think it's important to think about the efficiencies of scale. And this is something that we have come to realize within our own home. So to have a herb garden, I think is something that's really great and easy to do. But to produce certain types of veggies, it might be something such as carrots, it might require a lot more water from us to do than if it's produced on a greater scale by a farmer. So it is good to sort of think about these things and do a little bit more research about what is more most efficient for the home garden versus to buy from a local farmer or producer. Number five is to be more energy efficient. Now, many of you will, of course, know about turning off and unplugging lights and as well as electronic devices and appliances when not in use. One of the things that we always do, and I actually really enjoy doing, I find it quite meditative, is to line dry our clothes. So I enjoy hanging up the washing, bringing it in, folding it. That's actually often when I listen to other people's podcasts. And we pretty much always do it unless we've had nonstop rain for weeks on end, which can sometimes happen here as we're in a subtropical area. So doing the washing within a machine rather than, oh, sorry, line drying it rather than putting it in a dryer is something that we can all do. Something as well that people don't always consider, but I actually think it's really important, 
If you're ever in a position to be buying a house, always try and buy one that will capture the most sun during the daytime. Now, within Australia, this is obviously to try and find a north-facing home where most of your living areas are facing the north. In the Northern Hemisphere, that's obviously the reverse, and so it's to have a south-facing home. But this really does have such an impact on how much energy you use within your own home and just the experience of the home too. For our last two homes, we've had north-facing homes and they have been such beautiful homes to be in during winter time. We haven't had to overly rely on heating and even just getting our wood fire going either because the sun shines so much light into the house and it's lower. So it actually brings more light into the home during the winter months too. And likewise, during summer, we actually, it doesn't get as hot because it's not like a west facing aspect, which gets so much of the sun. So it's something really to consider if you're in a position to buy a house. That is always the first criteria that I have for buying any home is, is it north facing? Because it's one of the few elements or aspects that you can choose about your home. You can remodel a kitchen, but you can't often change the aspect of your home unless you're going to completely like demolish the home and, and reorientate it. And then that also depends on your plot of land too. So, and just to give you another little, little example this morning, because it is going into winter here. And, um, and we just moved our desks. I unplugged my laptop and went to sit in the dining area because that's actually much warmer in that part of the house than sitting in my desk, which is the west side of the house and it's quite cold in the morning. So I did that rather than turning a heater on to actually move to where the sun is. Of course, you can also insulate your homes. That's really important. If you can, try and capture solar panel, uh, so solar power and use that. And, um, and other ways within summer, I mean, obviously my mind is very much on winter at the moment, but during summer, we close curtains, we keep our doors closed, keep the windows closed because it actually keeps the house much cooler rather than having to rely on air conditioning too. And then when any breeze does come through, we always try and sort of facilitate any cross flow ventilation as well. And a few other ways within our own home during winter, obviously layering with rugs, using blankets. I mean, just putting on layers within yourself. You know, I'm wearing a woolen cardigan today and uh, wearing slippers, but with our children, we actually put sheepskin rugs within their beds and they all sleep on a sheepskin rug. And this is such a beautiful, natural way to feel warm within the bed. You don't get that kind of icy feeling when you first crawl in and we don't use electric blankets, which obviously I don't actually feel comfortable with them sleeping with them, but obviously it's using le less electricity too. And those sheepskins we use year, year in, year out. So they are something that will have a very long life um, period. So we'll also try to be water smart. This is number six, to be water smart within your own home. This was a huge issue, as I mentioned in the last episode at our last home in Yarramalong. We were on rainwater tanks. And so we had to catch water in bowls. Um, all the children shared the same bath water. We had to have super quick showers and only flush when we needed to because the toilets were really old and they use excessive amounts of water. So it was uh, that old saying that if it's mellow, if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down, uh, which I learned during that time. But um, that's certainly one of the things you learn when you're living in the country. 
At the moment on our current property, we're in the process of diverting grey water to use for watering our garden because we had some new plants and a um, a watering system installed for our front garden, but we've already noticed how much water consumption that is taking. So we're in this process of diverting our gray water, which if you can do that, that is a huge water saving device too. And we also, we've got a little shed that we're in the process of converting. It was um, like a sort of workshop area and we're in the process of putting a composting toilet into that area too. So, you know, these are simple ways that if you can consider other options as well. And we had a, um, a composting toilet on our other property as well. So they can be a great resource if you're certainly living in the country. And we're also looking at planting a drought tolerant garden. That was one of the things that I really loved when I was doing my um, travels for This Is Home. I um, spent some time at Venice Beach and I loved walking around and looking at all the beautiful succulent gardens and drought tolerant gardens over there. So they can actually look really nice as well. And of course, there are other simple ways such as using an efficient shower head as well as dual flush toilets. So these are just some of the ways that we can be more water smart as well. So to embrace slow travel as well is something that we can all be more mindful of. I think that, of course, travel for me is one of my great joys. I, I love it so much. I love the experience of other cultures and to be learning about other ways of living and other ideas. Um, but obviously with coronavirus, that certainly stopped the world travel happening for everybody. But it is something that I'm being more and more conscious of that to really try and travel locally as much as possible. This was something that we did over our most recent summer holidays. We actually went on a six week caravan trip with all of our children. Um, we, you know, just went, we actually didn't go too far. We were planning to do a trip across the country, but we decided that we were going to keep it even simpler than that. So we just basically did a surf trip up and down the East coast of Australia, sort of down to Sydney and back from Byron Bay. And, and it was really lovely. I mean, we still got to sort of unwind and really have that mental headspace that we were all craving and spend that time together. So we had many happy memories and Australia has got so many beautiful places to travel to, as does every country really. I mean, I, whenever I go to another country, there is so much that is so beautiful to explore within our own backyards. And that is something that I'm certainly looking towards. But for my book, I did um, go through the process of offsetting all the carbon miles. And that's certainly something that I will continue to do and create that awareness of as well. So there are simpler ways though that we can embrace slow travel within our daily lives. Last year we were carpooling with some other families because it's quite a distance for our children to travel to school and so to be doing that twice a day um, obviously uses up a lot of fuel but also you know the carbon emissions that go with that and so we were carpooling with another family. This year our children are taking a school bus and, um, and obviously that's a great way that we can all, you know, using public transport has, can have a huge positive impact on carbon emissions. When I had to get a second car, I deliberately chose one that was energy efficient. I would love to have been able to get an, um, an electric car, but I do do a little bit of highway travel and the, the, 
extension of that, we just don't have the infrastructure at this stage within Australia to make that a feasible option. But as soon as it does become more of an option, then I certainly will look into that. And then there's also this question about buying a secondhand car versus a new car that's electric. So I felt that it was better to buy one that had already had the um, carbon footprint had already been spent. And so that was the option that I went for with that. And of course, bicycles, if you can cycle within your local area, then that is not only a great way to do it for the environment, but keeps you fit and healthy too. One of the other big lessons that I learned while I was doing research for the book is really to create awareness about the chemistry that goes on in our brains when we're shopping for goods online. It's never been easier to purchase goods online and there's actually this process that happens within our brain that we get a dopamine hit from the actual search of buying the goods. I thought that it might have been from when we received them, but it's actually the chase. It's the hunt. It's sort of like this part of our brain that gets this adrenaline rush from the search of trying to find the perfect good. And I know that this has happened to me where I've become fixated on finding something. And it could be even because I'm trying to find something that's really eco or ethical and I kind of go on this long chase to try and find something, but it's the search that actually our brain is responding to. So really to kind of be create this awareness because we can end up spending hours, which is obviously we're just wasting time, but that we can end up buying things that we don't always need, for instance, because we kind of get caught up with it or end up buying something out of fatigue and just think, well, that will do, or we just want to sort of get a result in the end. So some of the things that I actually do now is I create a very specific list of what I want so I don't end up kind of getting other things that I don't really need. I also set a time limit and, and I really create awareness about am I starting to get fixated on searching for this? Maybe it's time to stop now and really stay focused as well. So, you know, referring back to this time limit and also is this something that I want? maybe it's time to stop right now because I'm getting fixated. And also if I can, while it's not always possible to buy things online during the day because I'm kind of busy with work, but I am conscious as well of doing when I'm tired. So doing it late at night, then I can kind of get overstimulated and that can be problematic too. So that's where I guess going back to last week, where when you shop local as much as possible, then you don't actually get caught in this loop and don't end up buying more than what you actually need. So to build a pause into the decision-making process is really important too. And, and that is the heart and soul of what still the book is all about. It's really about being conscious about what we consume because so often we really don't need things. We can talk ourselves into it. We can be seduced by things. Instagram is very good at doing that. And we really need to get back to what's Im most important in our lives and how we want to spend our money and also how we want to spend our time. It can be very easy to get sucked into how other people are living their lives and what they have and what goods and products they have and what brands they wear. But, you know, it's very seductive, all of that. We can feel like we're part of a tribe when we do it, but we need to really always check back to see what's actually most important in our own lives. 
And as I mentioned as well, don't be afraid to say no. So this is something, as I said, we very much do so in relation to birthday parties. We say no, thank you. It was actually my mom who years and years ago, probably about maybe even 15 years ago said, no, we're not going to do birthday presents anymore. And in many ways, that was actually a great thing. We obviously, we still spend time together if we can. We live in different parts of the country, so that's not always possible, but we have a chat and that's really worth more than anything else. Certainly within our own home, we create rituals that make birthdays feel special, but it, I really don't want it to be about the presents. So that is very much a focus. And just a little thing as well is that we don't use balloons for birthday parties. This was something that I realized a few years ago that the amount of waste that was created from balloons. So we have a special birthday bunting that we reuse every time. And that is part of our special birthday celebrations. So these are all some simple ways that we can make significant change within our own lives. And it really is about focusing on what we have already and asking if something is a want or a need and living mindfully and in the moment. And I think when, the more that we do that, and certainly I really try to include that within my own life, the more that I actually need, the less that I need, because I realize I actually already have so much. So to really try and create that pause within our own lives. I hope some of these ideas have helped you in some way and I would really love to know what you think and some of the ways that you've embraced slow living in your own home and life. So please come and share your experience, tips and lessons over at our Facebook page. You'll also find show notes for this episode at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast. You can also send me a message at Natalie Walton on Instagram. And please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review and spread the love on Instagram. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast and the people of the Bunjalong Nation where it was recorded. Thank you so much for joining me today. I look forward to connecting again with you soon. I'm Natalie Walton and you've been listening to Imprint. Imprint.